The Holy Gospel for this Reformation Day is from John chapter 8, beginning at verse 31. Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him, If you continue in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. They answered him, We are descendants of Abraham and have never been slaves to anyone. What do you mean by saying, You will be made free? Jesus answered them, Very truly, I tell you, everyone who commits sin is a slave to sin. The slave does not have a permanent place in the household. The son has a place there forever. So if the son makes you free, you will be free indeed. This is the gospel of the Lord. Please be seated. Grace to all of you and peace from God our Creator and from our Lord and from our Savior Jesus the Christ. Amen. On the last Sunday in October every year we Lutherans celebrate Reformation Day. It is a day that is only celebrated in the Lutheran Church. The Roman Catholics don't necessarily celebrate this day in their liturgical calendar. We celebrate a memory of the beginning of the Protestant Reformation, where in 1517, on October 31st, Martin Luther, with hammer in hand and parchment in another hand, walked through the streets of a little town in Germany called Wittenberg. He made his way through the autumn leaves on his way to the chapel, where he would post on the chapel door 95 statements of challenge to the Roman church at the time. 95 theses, he called them. He went there on October 31st because it was a very important and special time for the church. He knew that everyone would be in church on November 1st, All Saints Day. In fact, the night before was the holy evening before All Saints Day. The hallowed evening before All Saints Day, the Halloween before All Saints Day. Now, Halloween for us has become a much different kind of tradition than it was for Luther in his day. So, we have to go back 500 years to experience what they experienced. So on that day, November 1st, people came to church, read those 95 theses, they got sent around northern Europe, and it jump-started the Reformation. The theology of that Reformation got distilled down into a kind of motto that describes Lutheran theology, that we are justified by grace through faith. Have anyone heard that before? Justified by grace through faith. In other words, we are put right with God, not by what we do, but by what God does. In other words, God's love for us does not depend on who we are or what we do. In other words, the gift of salvation is placed in our hands before we do anything at all. You start letting this sink in, and it becomes very radical. What do you mean? Luther, that salvation is placed in our hands before we do anything at all. That means everyone has the gift of salvation placed in their hands 
like bad people? Well, it became such a controversy that it split the church apart. And we have separate churches to this very day. It's controversial even today. Even as I say it to you, it's like, huh, really? That's what that means, huh? I remember asking that very question to one of my college Bible professors because he was teaching about the Reformation, about justified by grace through faith, and about salvation. And I said, Mr. Professor, I can't remember his name. (laughs) He was very influential in my life. And I said, you mean like everybody has the gift of salvation placed in their hands, even like, like bad people? He said, yes. They just haven't made use of their salvation. And I was confused. Like, what do you mean? Salvation is going to heaven after you die, isn't it? No, Michael. And whenever he was stern with me, he would say, Michael. And you know, when they say your full name, you kind of sit up a little straighter and you listen more carefully. Michael, salvation means more than going to heaven after you die. Salvation is a word that literally means to be healthy, happy, whole. To be complete, to be the person God intended you to be. And it is a gift to you. And then he went on. He said, Michael, now, where did your life come from? You're alive, right, Michael? I mean, I didn't know where he was going with this. Yes, I'm alive. He said, where did your life come from? Well, I guess my parents. I'm just here. Did you do anything to get your life? No. But you have the choice of how you will use your life. That's what salvation is like, he told me. And then, because I was still a little glazed over, as some of you are right now, (laughs) he went on to tell a little story. Let me explain it this way. Once upon a time, there was a little boy named Jeffrey. He was in fourth grade. Are there any fourth graders here? Any fifth graders here? Well, he was in either fourth or fifth grade. (laughs) And Jeffrey received a present from his mom and dad. It was a large box that was gift wrapped with a big bow on the top. It was waiting for him on the kitchen table when he came home from school. And both mom and dad were there and said, Jeffrey, this gift is for you. Now go ahead and open it. He carefully took off the bow Saved the ribbon, but he ripped apart the paper. And he opened up the cardboard box, and inside the cardboard box, there was a suitcase. It looked like a suitcase. It was black leather, and it had brass knobs on each of the corners. In the front, there were two latches that were spring-loaded. They were brass as well. And a handle. He took it by the handle put it on the kitchen table next to the cardboard box and he pushed the spring-loaded latches and click, they opened up and he opened up the lid and inside was a silver trumpet. He had just joined the band. This is kind of for you guys over here. And his mom and dad smiled. They had arm in arm. They watched as he opened this, and his eyes got wide. He was so happy to receive this because he had, as I said, he just joined the band. 
And at that point, Jeffrey's father said, Jeffrey, we are so happy to give you this gift. Now, you have the choice of how you will use this gift. And then the professor said, the story now can go either one of two directions. One ending goes like this. Jeffrey started using his gift, but then he was distracted by many things. He became a little bit bored, and he ended up stopping practice. He put the suitcase in his closet where it remains to this very day. The other ending goes like this. He started practicing his trumpet. He started playing music, and it was beautiful. And he enjoyed playing so much that he kept practicing. He was tempted. He was distracted at times, but he continued to play music until as he grew, his music, everyone said, was beautiful, was fantastic. And then, as he became so good at playing the trumpet, he joined the Holy Spirit Lutheran Brass Ensemble. <laughs> <clears throat> well, the professor said, you know, Michael, again, Michael, I could have used any gift as an illustration. Running shoes, you have a choice of how you're going to use those running shoes. I could have used cooking utensils. You have a choice. How are you going to use those cooking utensils? I could have said a gift of a Bible. And you have the decision about how you're going to use that Bible. My point is that salvation is a gift and it's meant to be used. Salvation is God's intention for you to be the person God made you to be. It changed my life, understanding salvation a little differently than I ever have before. That salvation is not just going to heaven after we die, it's living as God's people now, to the fullest. And it takes some practice to live into that destiny. Martin Luther, when he wrote his small catechism, he included the Ten Commandments. And basically, when he wrote about the Ten Commandments, he said, the Ten Commandments basically are a description of what it looks like to play the beautiful music of what it is to be God's people. And he wrote about every commandment. It's not just thou shalt not, those negative prohibitions. Each one he explained as thou shalt, for example, steal. It's not just refraining from taking from others. It is helping others keep what they have. And that takes some practice. Thou shalt not gossip is not just saying bad things. It's saying good things about those around you. I mean, that's something we should all practice as individuals and as a society. Our editorialists should do that in our newspapers. What would our world look like if we started complimenting each other? Luther said, thou shalt not covet is more than just having envy. It is celebrating what others have that you might not. Think of our world if we began practicing that kind of discipline of faith. Michael, God has given us the potential to live into that destiny. As I started thinking about that and over the years, I began to realize that my Christianity had been dominated by a phrase we have come to know as original sin. The real problem in life is that we're sinners, we're bad, and that we have to overcome that badness. But humans also have the capacity for greatness. And the gift of salvation that comes to us freely without us doing anything at all is basically the gift of potential 
the gift of living into who we were made to be. Maybe we should emphasize as Lutherans in a new reformation a focus not so much on original sin and our capacity for evil, but original blessing and our capacity for great goodness and start living into that goodness. Well, as you can see, that professor changed my life even though I don't remember his name, but he helped redefine salvation for me. And then he went on and he had an addendum And he said, one last thing before you leave, Michael. He said, I want you to remember that salvation is not just about you as an individual. God's intention was for the entire world, the entire society, the entire human community, the entire earth to be reconciled, to be whole, to be complete. God is about all of us being together in justice and peace and compassion. And we work to make that happen. There is potential for us to live with kindness towards one another. To be just to those who have less. I hope you heard Lorica singing, We Will Not Be Silent. If you heard those words, they really are inspirational about what Martin Luther intended for us right from the Reformation. That we're called to live into our destiny as individuals and as a society we can be a world where there is justice, compassion, kindness, and peace. And we will not be settled until that world exists. So we have work to do, not just to go to heaven after we die. We have work to do right now, to live as God's people. Amen. I invite you to stand as we say the Apostles' Creed.